Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Thursday, September 14th. I'm Stephen Overly. Starting off with some news. We told you yesterday that senators and tech executives were huddling on the Hill. So here's a quick update. Senators appear to leave that meeting with some renewed ambition around AI. Senator Maria Cantwell said there will be hearings over on the Commerce Committee. Richard Blumenthal said he wanted comprehensive legislation by year's end. And Republican Josh Hawley, well, he said he just wants Democrats to follow through. He's not actually convinced Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer will bring any AI legislation to a vote. Now, whether any of this momentum will produce tangible results, let's just say there's reason to be skeptical. There is another hearing on AI in the Senate today, but lawmakers are still a long way from finding agreement on any single approach to regulation. On today's show, we're talking about a different issue lighting up the AI world, copyright. The rise of generative AI has raised all sorts of new concerns about copyright, particularly legal protections for artwork and writing that is mostly made by machine. This is an issue that has already come up a couple of times in my conversations for this podcast. Filmmaker Justine Bateman railed against AI models being trained on copyrighted work. She called it the largest copyright violation in the history of the United States. Screenwriter Simon Rich, he agreed with her. Even Congressman Ted Lieu, who sits on the House Intellectual Property Subcommittee, said it's a problem without clear answers. And in the real world, it's coming up in court cases that are setting new precedents for copyright law. Take, for instance, a U.S. district judge's ruling last month that AI-generated art can't be copyright protected. It has to be created by a human. Because of all this chatter, I took my questions about AI and copyright directly to Shira Perlmutter. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for doing this. She's the director of the U.S. Copyright Office. It turns out she's searching for answers to a lot of the same questions right now. Yeah, it's a very exciting time, actually. And who knew even a year ago that we would be here now? And on today's Politico Tech, she tells me why this is one of the more transformative moments in her long career in copyright. I want to start just with this most recent action where the Copyright Office is kind of requesting input on how it approaches copyrighted AI-generated material. What, what's behind this request and what are you hoping to get from it at the end of it? Well, the request is really part of our bigger initiative looking into AI issues. Uh, and it just became very clear as of probably a few months ago that this was a hugely important issue. It was only growing in speed and importance. And there's a lot of attention, concern, issues being raised on all sides by stakeholders, and also uh, questions coming to us uh, from members of Congress as well. So we wanted to look into the issues, and we started out by holding a number of listening sessions and webinars and private meetings to really gather information and educate ourselves about what was happening and what the concerns were that were out there. So armed with that information, we issued this notice of inquiry raising full range of the questions and issues that we've heard uh, and looking to gather both views and factual information that can inform our further analysis of all of these issues. And at the end of the day, what we hope to do is to issue one or more reports making recommendations as to how existing law applies 
and whether any change uh, should be made. I wonder when you think back over the last couple of decades of technology, you know, we've we've had the internet, we've had social media, mobile, um, all of these kind of transformative technologies. Do, do any of those compare to what you're seeing right now when it comes to AI? That's a very good question. I keep thinking that there have been, in my professional lifetime, two waves of tremendous technological challenge that have really panicked people to some extent. And one was the development of the internet. And I'm looking at this from a purely copyright perspective. One was the development of the internet where a number of people were predicting the end of copyright. Uh, And then now where there's a lot of panic about what generative AI in particular will mean for the livelihoods of creators. And my personal view is we found solutions to the issues raised by the internet. And right now, copyright is thriving on the internet. And more works are available to consumers in more different formats than ever before. And I'm optimistic that we will also find solutions to the challenges of generative AI technologies. Using that kind of example, I mean, when you had to adapt to the internet and some of the copyright questions that that raised, how much of that was just applying existing copyright law in new ways to new formats? And how much was actually creating new law or, or, or having to kind of create new protections to fit the internet? It was a mixture of both. Copyright law has been written in such a way that it's intended to be uh, what some call future proof. It's meant to be as technology neutral as possible in its broad strokes. There's some very specific sections, but The law in general, the general principles are written very broadly so that they can be flexible with the development of new technologies. Uh, The entire history of copyright law has been one of adapting to new technologies, starting with the printing press, in fact. Uh, But at the same time, uh, in the late 90s, there was a decision that we needed some new uh, provisions in the law to deal with the challenges of uh, Internet digital network technology. So that was done through the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, enacted in 1998, and partly as a means of implementing uh, these two treaties that were negotiated in Geneva at the World Intellectual Property Organization. So the law was changed a bit, not the basics, but some new systems and some new enforcement mechanisms were put into place. And when you're confronted with a transformative moment like this, I'm I'm wondering for you how you go about wrapping your own head around it. I mean, obviously, the Copyright Office is seeking public input on kind of these big picture questions with AI. But, you you know, yourself as as an attorney, as an uh, enforcer, you know, how do do you go about trying to understand the moment we're in and, and the ways that this is transformative? I think the first step really is to gather information. Uh, It's always dangerous to make judgments, come to judgments and make decisions based on assumptions or incomplete information. So we have really been talking to everyone, listening to everyone, doing a lot of our own research just as the first step. And then, of course, we will get a lot of input now through the notice of inquiry. And I will say the level of interest is tremendous. The notice went out on August 30th. Uh, We've already had over 15,000 comments submitted, and it's open until October 18th. So we still have plenty of time to get more. So it would be, I think, both dangerous and hubris to be making decisions and drawing conclusions without that kind of information. Having had that, I will say there's really two levels of analysis. And one is 
how does existing law apply? Can it be interpreted to cover all of this in an appropriate way? And then the second question is going to be, do we need to make changes? Which is exactly what your last question was getting at, of course. It is amazing, but not surprising to hear the level of interest that that you all are receiving. And I think from the folks I've talked to, there's also a very emotional dimension to this too, I think. And and maybe that speaks to kind of the existential, you know, questions around human creativity and AI. I want to ask your take on sort of two two aspects of generative AI and copyright, you know, because on the one hand, you have the question of copyrighted material on the front end being used to train models. And, and then on the back end, whether material that those models generate can itself be copyright protected. Starting with that second piece, I mean, what is the line on what's sort of acceptable or, or legal, you know, at this point when it comes to protecting AI-generated content, whether that's images, video, you know, you name it? Well, first, I would just pick up on your language that I do think this does raise existential questions about the nature of human creativity and how it might differ from what a machine can do. So I do think that's part of why, as you said, there's such an emotional reaction. The fundamental is clear in our view, uh, which is that you have to have human authorship to have copyright protection. And that stems not only from centuries of court interpretations, but also from the very language of the Constitution, which talks about Congress granting exclusive rights to authors in their writings. And that presumes, uh, in our view, human authorship. And, and the courts have agreed with us, including a recent district court decision. Uh, so that's the fundamental. You must have human authorship. But then, of course, there's some difficult questions that arise at what level of human contribution to the output of the AI do we have human authorship? Right. What is enough uh, to qualify as creativity from the human being and enough control from the human being that there's that level of authorship uh, in the output? That was my my exact uh, next question for you is, you know, what degree of humanity has to be involved? I mean, do we have kind of a clear answer or, or even guidelines on that question at this point? Those are some of the questions we're posing in the notice of inquiry. So we look forward to hearing input. I will say that the dividing line between what is sufficient creative, what are, what are mere ideas and instructions and what is actual creativity? That dividing line is something that the Copyright Office and the courts have been examining for years in other contexts. For example, when a human being takes a pre-existing work and uses it to create something new, which we would call a derivative work in copyright terms, have they added enough that's new that's creative in order to qualify to be a separate copyrightable work. That type of line drawing is inherent in the copyright system. Having said that, we are engaged day to day in trying to make those determinations because we run a registration system. People apply to register their copyrighted works and we look at the application and we have to decide whether the work can be protected by copyright and therefore registered. And so, we're getting a number of cases now, some of which seem to be brought a bit as test cases where people are saying, here's all the things I did to control the artificial intelligence technology and to and to influence the output. I think that's enough uh, for it to be human authorship and I want to register it. So we're having to look on a case by case basis to try to make that determination. 
as we get more of these applications, it will become clearer where we draw that line. And then, of course, the courts will be the final arbiter. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. I was going to ask if if you've quantified or, or can sort of illuminate in some way uh, how many applications you're seeing nowadays that have at least an AI component. I mean, I, I have to think that this is increasingly uh, occupying the, the mind of your, your staff at the Copyright Office. We are getting more and more, but it hasn't yet been a, a flood. Uh, it's been more along the lines of uh, in the hundreds rather than the thousands or more. Uh, and we are working our way through them. Uh, we issued guidance in March on how to register works that contain content created by generative AI. Uh, and so it may be that people are absorbing that guidance and we will see how they apply it. We ask that they identify uh, what elements of the work were generated by AI and what elements were generated by a human being. We had um, a few weeks ago, we had filmmaker Justine Bateman on the podcast uh, and talked a bit about copyright. You know, she felt strongly that training AI models with copyrighted content was the, you know, the, the largest copyright violation in U.S. history, to use her literal words. You know, does she have a point there? I mean, what, what are the issues if I'm using protected material to generate a new material, derivative material? I guess it's sort of hard to say, but, it, but at the very least, the input to those systems includes copyrighted material. What's the, the law say on that? Yes, and these are very important issues, and it's part of, uh, again, our notice of inquiry. We ask about all the different factors that go into uh, determining when and in what circumstances the ingestion of copyrighted works for purposes of training the AI uh, constitutes copyright infringement. So the question is really, is there an act of reproduction? And if so, is there uh, a claim, is there a fair use defense? So the Copyright Act contains a defense saying that the fair use of a copyrighted work is not infringement. And the question is, what exactly are the acts that are being done with that copyrighted content and could it qualify as fair use? And it may, the answer may depend in part on what the output is. Is the content being used just internally for analysis and training or is the output substantially similar to a particular copyrighted work or to the creator's body of work. So these are all the factors that courts will have to consider, and we are asking people to give us their views. You mentioned earlier that you'll generate a report from this inquiry that will you know, be shared with Congress. Do you have a sense of whether Congress needs to pass additional laws in the copyright space to kind of meet the AI moment? That's certainly one of the things we're looking at. So first, we need to thoroughly examine how existing law does apply, whether it's uh, the laws relating to infringement, the fair use doctrine, uh, and then we need to focus on whether any changes need to be made to the law. We're not ready yet to draw that conclusion, but it's certainly a possibility. 
I'm curious, you know, prior to the Copyright Office, I, I know you spent a number of years at the Patent and Trademark Office as a, a top policy advisor. And then even before that, um, you know, you did copyright and IP law in, enterta- in the entertainment um, media space. What's at stake here for companies that their their lifeblood essentially is, you know, the, protecting their creative original works? It's an interesting question. Obviously, AI is... Uh, very valuable and exciting as a tool to use in the creative process. And we've heard that from both big companies and from many, many individual creators in all areas of uh, copyright in all sectors. What we've heard in our listening sessions, interestingly, is that creators of all types have perspectives on all sides of the issue. They want to be able to use the technology And they often want to be able to protect the output. And at the same time, there's concern about what that means for the future of human creativity. If uh, huge volumes of content is generated by machines much more quickly and easily and cheaply. Yeah, I I think it'll be a very interesting uh, issue to follow where you have companies that want to protect their their creative works um, from being used in AI models and at the same time want to potentially use AI to generate new works. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of companies, I think, grappling with the, the, that tension. Kind of going back to where we started with the, the way that technology has transformed and, and affected IP law and, uh, and enforcement over time, it seems to me you know, that you're sort of in a, a very important position right now at a very pivotal time. I wonder for you, you know, how defining of a moment kind of are we in right now when it comes to copyright and enforcement? I believe it is a very defining moment. Uh, of course, AI raises a lot of uh, extremely important and perhaps also existential issue in other areas as well. But for copyright, again, I think it does make us examine what is the nature of human creativity? How does it differ? And how will this tremendously exciting technology uh, affect where we're going in the copyright space? Uh, and I would say the ultimate issue for us, as well as for any policymaker anywhere examining uh, the copyright issues here, is how do you find the right balance? How do you make sure that we don't inhibit the development of a tremendously exciting new technology while at the same time uh, ensuring that human creativity continues to thrive? And it is a challenge. Uh, but again, I'm I'm optimistic that we will find ways uh, to meet that challenge. Shira, I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast to break all of this down for us, and hopefully we can we can chat again because I have I have a feeling this will change and pivot many times in the coming months and year. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure, and uh, hope we do get another chance to chat as things develop. That's all for Politico Tech today. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters. Digital Future Daily, and Morning Tech. Music in today's show comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our senior producer is Annie Reese. Our editors are Steve Heuser and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. I'll see you back here tomorrow.